Welcome to the Southern Cowboy Podcast. I'm J.B. Farrell. Having been involved in the horse and cowboy world most of my life, I've been fortunate to meet some really cool people with some great stories to tell. And now I want to bring those stories to you. I started this podcast wanting to tell the stories of the cowboys and cowgirls having an impact on the Western world right here in the South. While the majority of the cowboy world is focused out West, I wanted to shine a spotlight on our neck of the woods. So pour a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's get into it. The Southern Cowboy Podcast is brought to you by Panther Creek Ranch, where we play, learn, and grow. Panther Creek Ranch encompasses nearly 4,000 acres in North Mississippi and boasts a multidisciplinary equestrian stables, summer camp, working cattle operation, a diverse farm education program, and a new equine therapy center. Just 30 minutes from metropolitan Memphis, Panther Creek is your respite to return to your love for horses, the outdoors, and the land. Come see us and experience a taste of big sky country right here in the Mid-South. Email info at panthercreekstables.com or call 662-912-5440 today. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Southern Cowboy Podcast. We've got a really great guest on with us today, my buddy Aura Brown. Aura is an Oklahoma cowboy, and this being the Southern Cowboy Podcast, there may be some that don't consider Oklahoma truly part of the South. But regardless, Aura has a lot of really great stuff going on, and I knew I had to have him on the show. Aura was a competitor on season two of the Ultimate Cowboy Showdown. He has been very involved with a project a lot of people are familiar with, and that is the Yellowstone Prequel, prequel. 1883, where he, where he is the stunt double for LaMonica Garrett, who plays Thomas. Then his most recent project he's been a part of is an Al Roker-produced docudrama called Freedom on the Range that focuses on the history and impact of black cowboys. So we have a lot to talk about, and I'm really excited. We finally got a chance to sit down. Aura, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, JB. I appreciate it, man. Good to see you again. Good to see you, man. Let's talk about how you and I uh, initially got hooked up. You know, a lot of us, especially Cowboys, kind of, you know, hate on technology and, you know, get frustrated with social media at times. But there are so many advantages to social media that can connect guys like you and I. And that's how you and I initially got hooked up was through Instagram. Oh, for sure, man. You know, you know, I don't know. You know, my mindset nowadays is a lot different than it used to be. You know, it, it used to be just TPs and bedrolls and, you know, living out in the middle of nowhere, you know. But, you know, like you said, man, technology, it, it makes stuff so much easier. It helps you connect with more people. Uh, it helps you be more open minded. You know, you get to see different different other people's cultures, you know, and through Instagram, like you said, you know, that's how you and I got, you know, linked up and. Uh, you know, heck, that's how we found each other at that, you know, down there in Texas when I was well, down that, there. That was just it. We've been talking, you know, talked about having you on. And then I'd made a post when I was out at the stock show in Fort Worth. And you're like, man, are you here? And I said, yeah, let's meet up. Yeah. We met up at the horse sale and finally got a chance to meet in person and visit for an hour or so. I said, hey, we could have been sitting here recording this conversation. But Oh, that's no joke, dude. I know. I, it was such a good convo, man. Like, you know, anytime I get to have a good, deep conversation with somebody, man, I just kind of, I call it church. That's what me and my wife call it. You know, we'll that's sit good. around and we'll talk. We'll talk about, you know, deep stuff, healing, healing stuff, you know, life, uh, dreams, you know, fears, everything, you know, and we just call that church, man. You know, when you sit with a group of like-minded people, you know, and, uh, and discuss stuff outside the box, you know, I believe that's what church is, but just my take on it. So Uh, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. And you know, the, the timing of it, you know, we tried getting this set up a couple months back, but I think the timing actually ended up being perfect 
Mm-hmm. Because you were still so busy filming 1883. And had we recorded back then, you would have been very limited in what you could talk about. So now that, you know, we got together at this point, you know, season's done. Everybody yep. that's watched it knows what's happened. So yeah, yeah, we, uh, sure. we can talk all about it now. I'm telling you, dude, everything works out the way it's supposed to, man. You know, we get so we get so much in our heads about stuff, get so so anxious about stuff, you know, in the future or depressed about stuff from the past. You know, we just don't even kind of sit where we're at and just enjoy where we're at, you know. And, uh, you know, I think that everything kind of just happens when it happens, you know. Um, and it, it, it always just kind of works itself out, you know. Well, man, let, let's talk about about you and, and you know, like I said, Oklahoma Cowboy. How did you initially get into cowboying? Man, uh, you want me to start from the beginning? Let's start, <laughs> yeah. let's start, let's start from the beginning, man. You know, um, Man, so I I come from a I come from a fam- big family uh, from Pahuska, Oklahoma originally, and uh, it's out in Osage County in Oklahoma and northeastern north of Tulsa. But my father he was from Sedan, Kansas. Uh, he was born in 1912. He was a wow. he was 72 when I was born. Yeah, he was an old hand. He was just an old cowboy, and uh, all my uncles were cowboys and stuff. And my dad worked on the Mullendore Ranch for a little bit. Day worked out there and helped some other guys around and stuff. And um, so growing up, uh, I'd always go to ropings and stuff with my dad when I was real little, you know, and he passed away when I was six. I don't have a lot of memories of him, but I always knew that, you know, he was a cowboy, you know, and I always knew that my uncles were cowboys. And uh, most of them were so old by the time I was about 10 or so. Heck, they were they'd all passed on and were, were gone, you know. So um, my mother was a pastor. You know, my grandmother was a pastor. So it kind of came to the thing of uh, – you know, we grew up super religious, super conservative, you know, uh, typical rule type person. Right. And, uh, you know, my mother, she didn't want me to be a cowboy. You know, she was she was because she knew she's like, all they do is drink and fight and cuss and chase women. And, you know, and that all the cool stuff that I thought was cool at the time, you know, like, you know, for sure. So, and so uh, and so I, I told her I, I was going to be a cowboy one day and I was going to cowboy and I was going to, you know, I read all them Louis L'Amour books and stuff. And I always just wanted to go out that down in the Southwest, down like Arizona, New Mexico country and go rope wild cattle and, you know, do all that cool stuff, you know. And uh, and so as I got older, I was about, I don't know, 14, 13, 14, probably. Um, I think it was somewhere around there. I, I used to pack my dad's saddle. That's really the only thing I have left from him. I had an old poly rope his right. saddle and it was an old Hereford saddle, you know, yeah. old calf rope and Hereford those, saddle. Those are good old saddles. Dude, uh, you know, with the, with the old big horn that kind of leans yeah. to the front, you know, it was like had pretty much no candle on it at all. Just an old calf rope and saddle Yeah, and uh, weighed about 70 pounds, you know, and, uh, and uh, he left me his old Jake roping spurs, you know? And so, man, I'd tack those spurs on and I'd carry that wood all the way down to my neighbor's house. And, I, he had about 20 cows, dude. And I, I, he had an old dun horse. I'd throw my cackle on and I'd kick around and just go. I had a little breakaway rope. I'd yeah. go with a little breakaway rope and I'd go rope those cows. They were gentle. You know, you could feed them out your hand type stuff. And they'd let you walk up to it. I'd just rope them cattle. That's how I kind of, that's how I learned to rope, man. I'd awesome. go to rodeos and I'd watch guys learn uh, rope. And I'm left handed, but I rope right handed because when I saw people rope, everybody roped right handed. So I right. thought you roped right handed. So when I taught myself, that was kind of how it went. And, uh, Man, I went to that guy's house for a couple of years, you know, bought my first pickup from him, you know, and rode my first colt over there, got bucked off, you know. Um, and uh, so as time went on, man, it's it, it kind of just 
I knew that's what I kind of wanted to do. And, uh, and I kind of wanted to be in the military too. So I was kind of debating on those two things at the time when I was about 17, I 17, I wound up joining the army. So, but, uh, the cowboy saga continues after the seven years of the military, you know, but, uh, I was, uh, I was stationed out in the 82nd airborne division, uh, for about four years, four years, four and a half years. Uh, I went through training and stuff in the 75th Ranger Regiment, uh, out there. And then I initially, well, uh, eventually I reenlisted and I went to Fort Bliss and I went to Fort Bliss because, um, Man, all I could think about was getting out to that Southwest area. You know, that cowboy dream was still in my head, you know. And, yeah. and it was like, well, I knew El Paso was West Texas. And I knew West Texas had a bunch of cow punchers out there. It was dirty, big country, you know, catching wild cows, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, man, it was just always was still a dream. So I kind of got bored with the Army stuff after about seven years. And uh, I wound up getting out, but being stationed out in El Paso, I was able to get a ranch job out there. So I lived on the ranch and uh, luckily my job at the time in the military was just driving the Sergeant major around. Okay. So, so uh, he really didn't make me come to work and he was kind of a Western enthusiast himself. Him and his wife wore the old, you remember the old, uh, though, like the old 90 shirts had the lightning and like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, You know, and everybody, you go to the bar and the, and the old husband and wives always warm together, you know, yeah, skin tight Wranglers. Yes, sir. Oh, you already know the most Dwight Yoakam's dude. Yes, (laughs) Yes, sir. So, so, uh, him and his wife would go do stuff like that and go, uh, line dance and stuff. And well, when I told him I worked on a ranch, uh, I invited him out to come do spring works. And so he never, he was from Philadelphia. He never, he was, he was half black and half Italian. He had never, he had never done any kind of cowboying in his life, man. And uh, he loved it, ate it up. We cut nuts, we drug calves, you know, we went and wrote some stuff, doctored some stuff, and he was just ate up with it. And uh, after that, he hardly ever made me come to work. He was like, <laughs> no, man, you're good. He's like, just stay at the ranch. You're good. Stay at the ranch. And I was like, you sure? And he's like, yeah. So pretty much the last two years of my military career, man, I was, I was I was punching cows, dude. That was it. I was just punching That's cows awesome. pretty much. Unless I had to go to the field or something, or unless he had a big meeting he didn't mean to drive him to. But other than yeah. that, that was it, man. It was a, it was a good two years. So uh, after that, man, I kind of got out and just kind of started drifting. Uh, yeah. I start, I moved back home to Oklahoma for a little bit. I uh, went to OSU and uh, wound up transferring down to Clarendon and got my ranch and feedlot operations degree down there at Clarendon. And uh, – then I just kind of started drifting after that all through West Texas and New Mexico and Arizona, just punching cows on different outfits and stuff. Little little places. Uh, worked at the Diamond A on the spring wagon. That was probably my biggest. That was that was the dream, you know. Uh, you know, I, I went on a wagon for about three months, four months, and uh, uh, man, it was it was glorious. Just living out of bed, rolling teepee, old school in it, you know. And uh, awesome. Yeah. So that was that's kind of how it all went and kind of still is going, I guess, somewhat until this movie thing oh yeah well let's talk about where i first initially kind of saw you and that was in the ultimate cowboy showdown on insp Mm -hmm. uh and for those that haven't seen that show i'll explain what it is it's basically a cowboy competition reality show i I call it like a cowboy survivor where y'all are competing in a series of challenges and at the end of the end of each episode, mm-hmm. you know, somebody's getting sent home until it's either last man or last woman standing. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Exactly. Right. It. I remember that. 
I remember you kind of walked out and you had your, your dad's tie on and I'm like, now nah, here's a shark dresser. This guy's got <laughs> some style and swagger. This guy's pretty cool. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. I don't know. Um, you know, like I said before, my mother being a pastor, you know, um, everybody in my family, all, all my, all the elders, you know, my aunts, my uncles, cousins, like older cousins, man, they always were stylish, man. You know, you know how it is, man. Everybody knows the stereotypical black, black church lady, dude, you know, like with the hat and like they're dressing the same color head to toe, you know, like that was my family, man. And it was like, I mean, like you went like when you went to church, like you went clean always. When you went anywhere, you went clean. My mom didn't even let us leave the house unless we were starched or ironed, you know? Like it was just, that's just how it was. And uh, so that's kind of where the style, you know, I got. But that, that's one thing I appreciate appreciate about you is you put, you do put so much thought into your, into your style and looking good and, you know, wanting to present yourself well, because that's something that's really gotten lost in society is, uh, is a sense of, you know, caring about your appearance. You know, people used to, whether it was traveling, going to the movies, you know, people, when they travel through airports, you know, folks were wearing coat and tie and looking yeah. good. Now, now, dude, you remember when dudes used to dress legit, like, like with people? Yes. You know, and now, 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 now you walk, like, now you walk through an airport. All the time. You walk through an airport now, people are wearing freaking like pajama pants. Pajamas. And flops. And, like, no joke, dude. I'm like, like man, straight pajamas. Have some, have some pride in how you look. Man, you know, and, you know, and, and I don't know, like, cause I agree with you, but the, but the, but so my wife, she's, my wife's a therapist, right? And so my okay. wife, she's, she's super hippie, you know, super <laughs> like, so, so she's kind of got me kind of, kind of being more open-minded about stuff. So yeah. anytime, like I think of stuff, like how, how, how you just said, you know, like have a little pride about yourself, you know, stuff like that, you know, and I think like, I completely, I completely agree with you. But in my mind, like I try to tell myself, okay, well, maybe because, you know, times are different, the world's different, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, I try to give everybody a little benefit of the doubt, you know, but in my head, it's like, you know, like, man, when I step out, like I want, like, cause my mom always told me, if you look good, you feel good. Absolutely. You know? And so that's kind of always something I've always gone by. Like if I left the house and I'm looking good, you know, and I'm, you know, dressed up and I've got to be like suit and tie or nothing like that. But if you just, you know, but if you're just like dressed decently and, you know, and dressed like uh, something for yourself that makes you feel nice, you know, that and, and, but our style of dress may be completely different from somebody else's feeling good about themselves, you know? So that's why I try to not get into that area in my head about it. Cause I want to instantly to be like, God dang, why don't y'all just, you know, throwing some clothes and look like decent folks, you know, like, you know, and so, but then I was like, wait a minute, you know, just because that is what I got to do to make myself feel right. That doesn't mean somebody else has to dress like that to make themselves feel okay. You know, and, and, uh, and that, that's a good point for sure. That's, and so, and so, and so I see where you, like I said, I agree with you totally, but at the same time, I like, I'm like, like, like I try to be open-minded about it, you know, and it's, and it's, but like you said, going back to like the tie and all that kind of stuff, you know, that's kind of just always kind of been my, uh, like, I remember when I was younger, um, early 20s, like, I watched Conagher. Yeah. Right? Sam Elliott movie. My favorite movies. My favorite Western. Still, still to this day, I still watch it. At least, like, once every couple of months, probably. Never and, in your uh, wildest dreams did you think you'd be working side by side with him. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I never thought I'd be working side by side with him ever. 
And, but, you know, like if you watch Conniger, you know, he wore that old tall crown hat, you know, and he, he all the old Westerns, they used to just wear suit coats. Yeah. You know, pretty much what they were wearing was a suit. And then they had a pair of boots on and some leggings over it, you know, and then until like jeans and stuff came along, you know, and stuff like that. But back then they just wore trousers, you know, and it, heck, even the old cowboys around here, man, they still back in the 50s and 60s, they still wore trousers. You know, yeah. they wear them slacks with the old jean shirt or a white shirt. And wear your boots with it, and you just punch cows in that, you know. And that's, that's it. And so, even to this day, I still do. I wear I wear slacks in the summertime. That's my go to nice. clothes. Like normally, I don't wear a lot of jeans in the summertime. I'll throw them slacks on and throw on a fishing shirt, and nice. uh, and, and that's 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 about how I punch cows in the summer. Throw them a tie, <laughs> maybe. But but man, it was it was it was just always kind of something. Uh, I just enjoy looking nice, man. I really yeah. do. I, I enjoy it. it. Makes me feel good. Uh, makes me feel confident in myself. Makes me love myself more so that I can put out love to the world to other people. You know, I love it. Well, sure. well, back back to the show. Uh, so how did you initially get get on to the ultimate cowboy? And what what was that process? So um about three years ago, a guy had hit me up on Insta or on Facebook Messenger and was like, like you said, technology. Once again. Yeah, once again, technology. A guy hit me up, Brian Allison, a guy named Brian Allison hit me up on Facebook and was like, Hey man, he's like uh you ever thought about working horses on a movie set? And I was like, man, I'd heard of some guys. Some there have been a couple of cowboys around my country that had went and done some wrangling on a couple of movies, but they'd only done it once or twice. Yeah. They hated it because they had to sit around on set all day and all that crap, you know. Wasn't really what their cowboy minds wanted to do. So, um, but I was kind of like, man, I was kind of getting burned out on the outfit I was at, you know, because I was used to drifting, you know, and I'd been at this outfit about six years. I'd been managing this cow-calf operation, and uh, I was just getting kind of burned out, you know. And uh, I told my wife, I didn't know what I was going to do. Well, he offered me that job. He said, if I hear something, I'll let you know. Well, yeah. that was probably, I don't know, six months maybe or something like that. And so we were doing, we were working Springworks and I got a call from him and he said, do you remember me? And I was like, no, sir. You know, at first I didn't really remember him, you know, he's like, I was the one that was asking you about the horses on the movie. And I was like, oh, that'd be cool. Well, I got a job doing that. And um, I was in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, so, so I was wrangling horses. So what you do is you take care of horses on a movie set. You, you, you ride them, you keep them legged up, you saddle them, all that stuff. And then you take them to set for the actors to get on or get hitched to a wagon. And so I was a wrangler. Well, it was on a, it was on a period piece called Underground Railroad. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, and so I was like one of the slaves in there that walk up and grab the coach from like when the guy drives up to the plantation house, I'm the slave that walks out and gets, you know, gets the wagon. But they, what they needed was a black guy that could be seen on camera, but still be a wrangler, you know, because wranglers gotcha. have to stay close to the animals. You were, able, you were able to fill multiple roles. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, um, so on that show, I was in my hotel room one day and my buddy Billy Treadwell called me and he was like, Hey man, have you seen that ultimate cowboy showdown? And I was like, and I don't even know what it is, dude. Like, you know, I had never heard of it. And he was like, he's like, man, you need to watch it. I was like, man, I don't like watching them Cowboys type, you know, stuff like that. Those game show type things, you know, because it's always they always make it, you know, kind of cheesy ish, you know, and stuff yeah, like that. But I know exactly what you mean. But uh, well, I was like, you know, I was like, I was like, I'll take a look at it. So I was so I watched the first season on Amazon Prime and I'm watching it and I'm like. Holy smokes, dude, I was like. That'd be pretty fun. Yeah, I could do that. You know, he's like, you should do it, dude. He's like, you know, put your face out there. You know, you want to get into the film industry some, you know, to just put your face out there. Maybe it'll get you more jobs. And I was like, oh, yeah, maybe it'll get me more jobs, you know. And so 
Um, that was all it was about for me. It was just about, and then yeah. I was like, man, you know what else? I was like, I would actually be on TV to where like other people could see there were like black ranch cowboys because pretty much all you ever see is like rodeo cowboys, you know, yeah. you know, you had Corey Solomon, Fred Whitfield, you know, Bill Pickett, if everybody's heard about anytime you get at anytime I go anywhere and people ask me, see me in a black or see me in a cowboy hat. I'm black, dude. They're always like, so man, you rope calves or you, or you bulldog steers. Neither. Neither, man. I was like, I don't even rodeo. I was like, I punch cows for a living. And then they look at you like you're crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, I work cow. I'm a, I'm a ranch hand. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm a working ranch cowboy. And they're like, he's, they're like, oh, okay. I was like, and so it was a it was a thing for me to be able to show the world that there were black ranch cowboys. We didn't just rodeo. We weren't just athletes. You know, we weren't just, yeah. you know, rodeo guys. And so, uh, and plus, it would give kids that were that wanted to do the same kind of thing I wanted to do somebody to actually see on TV that looked like them, you know, and like because I, I grew up never seeing no black dudes on TV. You know, I grew up watching Little Joe and, you know, and dudes like that on Bonanza with my dad, you know, and like, you know, Conniger, Sam Elliott, you know, yeah. Charleston Heston and all Will Penny and stuff, you know, them old, them old good movies, you know, like and so it was always white guys. But so I thought it would be a great adventure to go just be on it just to show the world that and other kids or people in general that you know about black cowboys that you know there's there's some of us out there you know and so that was really the main reason I got on it and so I hit him up and uh I emailed him and I emailed him a headshot and something else or whatever and man I bet it was probably I don't know 15 minutes or so they called me they were like hey man hey we just got your resume hey we like Hey, we'd love to. Can we do a uh, can we do a Skype interview with you? And da, da, da. and so we did our Skype interview, and it was downhill from there. Like, so that's, awesome. that's how I got on the Ultimate Cowboy Showdown. It's like that, man. So, what, what once you got out there, what was that experience like? Man, it was hot. Not gonna lie. Well, that, know, that, that's you know, what they, I mean. They talked you know, about Texas. it on the show just because y'all were sleeping in tents, weren't Dude, you? Well, COVID, you know, because by then I had got a, my first stunt job on the Harder They Fall out in New Mexico. Okay. Well, we were in New Mexico for one week and COVID hit. And that, when COVID first hit and it shut everything down, so yeah. they shut down all movie productions, everything. So they sent everybody home. Well, luckily, when I got home, nobody in Oklahoma wore masks. So <laughs> we went back to punching cows and it was spring works. So we just kept working cows, you know, so I so I had work under my belt. Yeah. And uh, about. It was about May, the Cowboys show called me. No, it was eight. No, it was August. No, it was May. Yeah, Cowboy Show called me, and they were like, "Hey, we may be able to start up in June or July because we're going to be on a ranch." And I was like, "Oh, cool. That's kind of cool." But I didn't know what what my stunt job started back. You know, because I wanted to do stunts more than I wanted to right. do all. You know, because and so um, they called me back in July. It was a three week process, and I was like, "Oh, this is awesome." So I went out there, man. When I got there, it was hot, dude. Like hot, hot. And uh, I remember the first day I jumped my horse out the trailer. I'm I'm looking down. I hear these spurs coming towards me, and I look up, and there's this dude standing in front of me. He reaches out his hand. He's like, "Nice to meet you, sir, Jackson Taylor." And I was like, and I looked at him, and I was like, "Ah." Oh. So if as y'all don't know, me and Jackson went to college together in Clarendon. So yeah, that, uh, you, you told me that 
when you and I talked when we were in Texas, but that was never that connection was never made on the show that y'all had previously yeah. known each other. No, me and Jackson went to got, went to went to college. We used to run together in college like that. We used to day work together. We worked on the same feed yard, riding pins together. We rode colts and all that kind of stuff together. So I've known Jackson a while. Like that was my buddy. Like we were together every day, pretty much. He, he's so, a per, he's a personality. Oh man, he's 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 me on a whole nother level. and so so i was like i was like oh crap this is gonna be bad because like you know and i'm not saying i'm a top hand by no means like i'm not but when i saw the first season i was like ah i might have this you know what i'm saying like i could probably win they they, they stepped up the competition for season two for sure season two dude when i pulled up there was nothing but half top trailers in that parking lot. And when I saw half top trailers, I was like, ah, crap. Like flatbeds with cake feeders on them. And I'm like, okay, dude, like, I think we got some hands on this one. And I'm not <laughs> saying the guys on the first season weren't hands. I'm not right. Saying no, that, I but, know what you mean. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but the caliber. And then when Jackson walked up to me, because I've known Jackson, I know what kind of hand he is, you know, and I'm like, ah, crap. So if he's here, I don't even want to know what else is here, you know? And sure enough, everybody, pretty much everybody on that show almost were just, just legit straight hands, man. Like, and I was like, well, this isn't going to be as easy as I thought it was going to be. So, uh, but it was great. It was a great experience. It was great. The, the, the people that I met on it were great people. Everybody, everybody on, I never had a problem with anybody on that show. There was, everybody was, I gave them respect. They gave me respect. And we were always, we were always kosher, man. The, the competitions that y'all competed in and the challenges, what, when they're kind of announcing them to you on the show, is that when y'all are finding out what you're doing that day? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had no, like we'd get up in the morning and you'd feed your horse, you know, and we, we had to cook for ourselves and all that kind of stuff. So we'd go up to the barn and we, you know, fire up some stuff on the, on, on the, on the Blackstone or whatever it was, or on the, had a little grill out there for us. And so we'd grill up some stuff and uh, we'd eat some eggs and tortillas or whatever it is, you know, and then we go uh, sell our horses and we just let them eat. And then they come up about seven and, uh, which I don't know if maybe they just because they were from L.A. and they didn't understand. But, you know, we know in a place like Texas, central Texas like that, north central Texas, that's humid. Like you're done working cows about 10 o'clock in the morning. Yes. 930, I mean, no, if y'all, if y'all were going to do that stuff. You needed to be. Yeah, we, we should have been up we, at three o'clock in the morning. We should have been trotting out at dark. Like if we yeah. were going to start doing because, you know, they got to do takes and. You know, and they're, they want to get interviews with people and they want to, you know, they want to interview before because once they tell you what the competition is, then before you like. So while one team is going to do the competition, we can't watch them. Right. And so they would be doing interviews with us about, you know, what do you, so what do you think about the competition today? And da, 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 you know, so that would take time. And they would do a little bit of interviews with the first team that went. So by the time if you were the second team to go, shoot, it was like nine o'clock in the morning, nine thirty in the morning by the time. Y'all were about to go, and it was hot. Them cattle were like, you know how it is. And we're talking about, man, and most of them cattle, if you if you know, you know cattle, you look on that show, everything had ears, and everything yep. had to do, yep. everything did. Yep. It, it was all Bramer F1s, you know, everything. And I'm talking about some hot, some bucks, dude. Like, and, and you know, it don't take the It was one mad. of the first challenges y'all used that uh portable corral. And I mean that, that stuff was busting out. And I mean it Oh yeah, dude. I mean it was just it was it was a wreck. Like like it was like and you knew like whenever whenever we kicked out, like we were the first I think we were, I think we were the first team to go then. When we kicked out, I remember them cattle went to the back 
And I mean, yeah. as soon as they saw us, and I was like, ah, this is going to be fun. I said, this is going to be fun. <laughs> and you just see all that skin just swinging on them. You know, you're like, ah, she. So we're going down the fence. So how, how it was, it was super brushy in that pasture. So I don't know why they always want to make me the leader or something, but they're like, Aura, hey, why don't you, you, you take charge on this one? And I'm like, man, I'm. I'm good, but because I, I didn't want to be the first dude to go home, you know. Exactly. Like, that, that's one of those wrong. things. Like, I don't care how long I make it, I just don't want to be the first guy home. Exactly. I just didn't want to be the first one to go home. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, you know, three of y'all go this way, three of us are gonna go this way. And what we'll do is we'll just come around and pinch them off the fence and get them out in the open and just get around them, and get a hold of them. Because the fences were crap. And we didn't even yeah. know what the fences looked all the way around anyways. We hadn't been in that pasture before. So I was like, let's just pinch them off the fence, get them out in the middle, and just hold them. And we just get a hold of them, get them calmed down, and then we'll take them to the pins and pin them. And so we kicked around, and we're kicking around. But Bob, when we kicked around this way, there was a big, like, creek where I was sitting there with a bunch of, like, brush and stuff in it. So by the time we were, finally got out of it, they were already having them cattle coming around. And by the time we got up there – there were two white, white cows and they were just leaning on that bob wire, just leaning on it. And they, you were looking for a hole, you know, them cows, you see them leaning there looking, oh, yeah. looking. Like, if, like, I, if I breathe oh, on you, you're going to like, come it. on, don't, I was like, don't nobody put no pressure on those cows. Just sit here. Everybody just sit here. And still two of them jumped the fence. And I was like, ah. so I was like, we got to get them pinned though. So we got them pinned. Well, my thinking as the leader was like, okay, we have portable crowds. You don't need seven people in a set of portable crowds. You're going to get somebody killed. Yeah. So I, so I knew JP at that time. I kind of talked to a lot of people and JP and Jen, you know, I knew Jen, her father and stuff. They ran a lot of cattle, a lot of yearlings here in Oklahoma. And so I know I was like, they know how to sort cattle. And JP, he, he cow, that's all he does is cowboy every, every day of his life. So I was like, I know he knows. And he had a nice little roan horse that he was riding. So I was like, you two go in there and sort the cattle. Y'all back them up. And me and uh, I think it was me and, me and Hunter, I think, we're going to go try to find those two cows. Because we didn't know if they had gold tags or not. We were supposed to only get the gold tags out. Well, smart me, what I should have did was ran them between us and see if we had all 12 gold tags or however many gold tags we were supposed yeah. to have. And then we wouldn't have had to go get them anyways. But in my thinking, too, you're always taught you don't let cows get away. So you, and you never know what they're you don't know what they're going to criticize you for or judge exactly. You for or so whatever. I'm like, you know what? We're cowboys. We're going to go catch these cows, you know. So we take off after these cattle, and then you know we go. We can't, dude. It's all mesquite. This whole pasture, <laughs> whole pasture. I mean, you can't see a lick of nothing. And I think you were the only one that had leggings on riding through that. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, dude, I feel weird if I don't got leggings on. I feel like even if I'm just trotting around horses in the morning, I'll put my leggings on. It, it, it just feel I feel naked almost without wearing them. So, so yeah, I, I'm glad I did because that whole pasture was nothing but mesquite. And so we saw them two or three times, but we never did get them. And uh, and so we come back, and then. Um, they whistled for us and we came back. Well, apparently we had all the gold tags that we needed. Well, when we went to the, the thing that night, they were like, well, why'd y'all run off? And I was like, because you don't let cattle run off. I mean, you, you just don't, well, you only needed the gold tags. Well, that's why I left those guys there to go, you know, delegating. If you want me to be the leader, I was delegating, you know, like I've been in the military before. It ain't my first time, you know? So, and, and so I was sitting there and it was, it was, but it turned out, it turned out, I, didn't, I wasn't the first one to go home. So, <laughs> it, it still turned out all right. But what was Trace like? Because you know he was with y'all a lot, and Trace Atkins being the host of the show, what was he like being around? Man, Trace, 
uh, man, Trace was a good guy. He's like, he's like any other boy like me or you, you know, I mean, he, he used to be oil field type guy. So, you know, here in Oklahoma, either you work, you punch cows or you work in an oil field. Right. And so, and so all my buddies were either cowboys or oil field guys. So, heck, I kind of got along with Trace. Trace was, you know, he was a good old boy, you know. He was a little taller than I was, a little bigger. But, shoot, man, he pulled out a can of Copenhagen snub. And I was like, oh, this is my type of people, you know. Like, ah, come <laughs> here, buddy. You know, and uh, he's just a down-to-earth dude, you know. I, there was a couple of times I, I talked, me and him had some good conversations. You know, I just talked to him myself, you know. Yeah. Not about show stuff, but just about life, you know, because yeah. where I was headed in my life, I wanted to do more than just, you know, I was wanting to get into the film industry. I was wanting more to get than just that kind of stuff. And, you know, and he'd already lived that life. Yeah. So for me, I was like, man, here's here's an opportunity to pick somebody's brain, you know. Yeah. And so I would ask him questions just about life, you know, being a musician or being an actor or being whatever, you know. So uh, Trace was a good guy, man. Uh, not necessarily, I don't know, as much, you know, a cowboy, but. but, but well, That's he, what he, me, he, me and me and another buddy kind of talked watching the show. We were, we were like, man, I wonder if they give him crap about his riding because he'd come up at the. You know, whatever challenge y'all were doing, y'all would all be waiting there. He'd come up just bouncing along on that horse. Oh, thing. dude. Dude, we gave, him, we gave him crap. I remember every day. I remember the first day he came riding up on that horse. He came riding. And his foot, don't get me wrong, his foot's huge. I bet he wears a 14 oh, yeah. or something. Oh, when his foot got hung up in the stirrup? Yeah, so, yeah you saw it? So his foot yeah. got hung up in the stirrup. And so, and so he, he walks up, and we're all kind of smiling at him, you know. And he's like, shut up. <laughs> you know? And then he goes over about his thing. Well, then the next day, or it might have been the same day, it might have been another thing where he had to ride up again. Well, he gets off. He doesn't get hung up, but he kind of gets off awkwardly, you know. And so, and so we're like, and we kind of, we all of us kind of snicker again at him, you know. And he's like, he just comes up shaking his head at us or whatever. Well, about I think about the third day, second or third day or something like that, he came trotting up all nice. He slides out that saddle all clean, you know, like he's been doing it forever. And, uh and all of us just break into applause. We just break into applause. <laughs> and he looks at it, he's like, F y'all. <laughs> like, and we, I was, like I said, he's, he was a great, like he took it in stride, you know, because yeah. we gave him crap. We did give him crap. So, but he was good about it, man. He was so good about it. Good well, that, 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 that was one of the few hard parts about the shows where you're watching him kind of judging and critiquing y'all mm-hmm. as he's sitting there bouncing on his horse, you yeah. know, flopping yeah. along. Yeah, you but, know, and I, but does it, you know, and I think honestly, I don't know. And I don't know how all them politics work in that kind of gig like that, you know, because there's a bunch of politics that go into that kind of stuff. Sure. But um not politics, but just different ways things work, you know what I'm saying? Technical stuff. And so I don't know how that worked, but and I knew, you know, they had Buddy there, and Buddy was a hand. Buddy was dang sure a hand, you know, yeah. and then they had cash there, and you know, everybody knows cash can rope and ride yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you had some pretty good judges. But I think Trace was more there for other stuff, the the more kind of like the mental side of it. Yeah, well, like, and, and and being able to put his face on things, you know, if yes, if they had just put a bunch of you guys on there, people, you guys like you and I would watch the show. But, oh yeah, but but people outside of our world, you know, you got to have a name like that to draw. Oh them for sure, go, oh, they would, some, for one, they, would find it, they probably wouldn't find it entertaining. For right. one, because like for us, it would be entertaining as crap because you got to see real hands doing cool stuff. You know, you're right. like, dang, dude, that's cool. You know, 
oh man, you see how he roped that cow or how his, how his horse moves or, you know, and this and that, like as cowboys, we'd watch that kind of stuff, you know, but, but everybody, you know, drama sells. And so <clears throat> normal people, everyday people that aren't in the agricultural lifestyle, the Western lifestyle, you know, um, to them, they need the drama part to kind of keep them interested. Like they, you know, it could be kind of cool to see a cowboy riding around or seeing some horses or, you know, that stuff would get old quick. Like for, for those type of people, you know, that, that would get old quick for them. Yeah. Let's talk about just the, the upcoming season of it. Have you, have you seen any of the previews for that or what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I, I haven't seen the preview. I, well, I just saw what, you know, stuff that they put on the internet and stuff yeah. like that. Um, I did work. I think they're, with out in they're out in Wyoming for season three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I worked with a guy on that actually. That was on season three. Okay, um, he was on eighteen eighty three with me. He's another stunt guy. Um, okay. he worked. He was on the season three of the cat. He said it was. He said it was fun. He said it was good. So, uh, yeah, he told me a little more, but I can't. I can't. You know. No, no, we won't get too into much. We won't like, get, it's, get into that. But it's, it's good stuff, man. It's good Look, stuff. Like, let's talk. Let's talk about 1883 because I know there are a lot of people listening that, you know, that's something they've been fascinated with here and, and watching that whole season. Uh, For sure. How, how did you get involved with that? Dude, man, that 1883 was, ah, oh, that was awesome. I I think everybody that was on it was like, it was awesome. You know what I'm saying? I mean, has, it, um, has, it hit, has it really hit you the magnitude of the show and being a no, part of that project? No, yet? because I don't think. I'll get to that in a minute, but okay. no, I don't think it has because so how I got on 1883 was I was, um, I was, I'd heard about it through a friend of mine. And, and so I was in, I was in Buffalo, New York is where I was at. I was wrangling for a show up in Buffalo, New York for a guy. And, um, my buddy, I I'd sent my resume cause I, I finally got a hold of a guy that had told me who the stunt coordinator was going to be. And I was like, oh, man, I was like, I'll just send my resume to him, you know? Yeah. And so I sent my resume to his email that my buddy had provided to me. And I didn't hear anything from him. So I was like, all right, whatever. You know, it is what it is. Because, you know, my thinking was like, oh, they got to have a black dude in there somewhere, man. They got to have, or at least throw me in there and get me killed or something. You know, get me killed. Let me be a bandit or something. I'll, I'll die, you know? And so um, I was sitting there and my buddy, uh, Jake Dashnall, hit me up. And he was like, hey, man. Um, have you sent your resume in to the coordinator? And I was like, yeah, man, I emailed him like a month ago. I haven't heard from him. He said, which email did you send it to? I guess I sent it to his personal email and, and production had given him a production email, you know? And so I was like, he's like, no, man, send it to this one. And I was like, oh, okay. So I sent my, I resent it, man. I think it was like the next day or something. Maybe Jason, uh, Jason Rodriguez, the stunt coordinator had hit me up. And was like, oh, man, or I'm sorry, I forgot that you had sent me your resume. He's like, I completely forgot about it. He was like, he's like, man, send me your sizes. Let me know. You know, let me let me see. So I sent him my size. I sent him a full body picture of me, you know. Yeah. He was like, man, you might be able to double this actor. And I was like, really? I never doubled anybody. I just been like a kind of a utility stunt guy, you know, yeah. getting shot, falling off horses, being a gang member or something like that. No, no lines, but just a little part. And so, um, <laughs> He's a, he should be in tonight. Let me look at him. And then tomorrow I'll call you and let you know. Well, the next morning he called me. It's like, dude, you're fitting perfectly. I was like, really? He said, like, yeah, you're fitting. He said, he said, you're hired. And so that's how I got on the show. And uh, I left Buffalo, New York, came home for like two days, turned back around and went down to Texas. And then that's when we started prepping for 
for 1883. So, so but it was that. Go ahead. So, yeah. So, LaMonica Garrett, who plays Thomas, is who you were doubling for. Yes, sir. Yes. I, I met LaMonica. I didn't. We were there for probably about a, I don't know, a few days, probably two or three days, four days, just riding horses, kicking around warm, keep legging up horses and stuff. And yeah. uh, they were like, hey, the actors are going to come ride this morning. And I was like, oh, sweet. Maybe I'll finally get to meet LaMonica. I've never, never seen him was this at that? Was this at that cowboy camp that I read about that, like, Taylor had a bunch of them out? I think it was after the cowboy camp. Like, okay. like after they, they, they went for the cowboy camp already, and then – after that, the actors would still just go ride every every day, yeah. probably okay. every other day, and, and just kind of keep their skills up, you know? Yeah. And so um, – or get more familiar with riding and stuff like that and so comfortable with it. And so um, that morning, I, I I looked at him on Instagram – or on Facebook – or not Facebook, but uh, Google. I Googled him, and I was like yeah. – I'd seen him because I'm, I'm a big comic book guy. I do – I like all that comic book stuff. And so I'd seen yeah. that he had been in The Flash on WB. And I was like, oh, shoot, I saw that guy. That's who that is. I was like, oh, crap, hell yeah. So we, uh, so that morning I come out, and this dude is ripped. Like, <laughs> like don't get me wrong. Like, 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 I work out and stuff to myself, but this dude looked like straight-up UFC fighter, you know, like, like, like you know the you know the guys you see bodybuilding with like the with like the swimming trunks on not the speedos but like the swimming trunks like no yeah you know, I know what you mean yeah yeah he looked like that and I'm like holy crap like how am I supposed to look like this dude like this dude is huge you know so, but he was the nicest dude man it was like it was instantly like meeting family man like instantly like right. it, like we started meshing it up and we like he's a big comic book guy. You know, and, and we're both like San Francisco Giant fans and so uh, 49er fans. And so we were like we were sitting there and we were like we just messed it up and we just hit it off for, like from the very beginning, man. And uh, it was like it was like it was like, like I said, hanging out with family. It really was like he's 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 a good dude. I still talk to him. I've talked to him almost probably every other day, you know, That's like awesome. we, I'll, like I'll text him or something and we'll text back and forth a little bit. So good dude, man. Good dude. So the. The, the filming process y'all started down there in Texas. Mm -hmm. And so what, what was like the first few scenes that you actually were in front of the camera on as his double? Well, um, the first one is in the first episode, actually, whenever Tim you know, is, when hill. Tim is in the wagon getting chased by the yeah. bandits and, you know, and you see, uh, and you see like Sam and LaMonica up on the hill and then they ride down the hill towards Tim Right. Riding down the hill, that was actually me and Waddy, which Waddy, Mike Watson is his name. He's the one that doubled Sam. Okay. Uh, we call him Waddy. Well, it was me and Waddy. Me and Waddy are actually the ones riding down the hill. And so that was my first day. Like, first day I rode down a hill, about three or four takes, and they were like, you're good. I was like, I'm good? <laughs> yeah, that was it. Like, like, I was like, man, this might be a good job. <laughs> like, you know, like, but it, but it wound up being a – Wound up being a real, I mean, because I had never doubled anybody before. So I found out that it was, it was a little more difficult than what I was thinking. I was thought, you know, hop on the horse, go do my stunt, go do whatever, you know. But it's not even that. Like, I would have to watch LaMonica ride, you know. You couldn't, so you, I you couldn't, couldn't just so ride I, like Aura. You had to yeah, kind of yeah, mimic. Yeah, I couldn't just ride like me. I couldn't. I couldn't just ride like me because I ride completely different than him. You know, I've been doing it a lot longer than he has. And so, yeah. like, 
Like he would want, he would turn a horse around and he turned, you know, just like any generic person would turn a horse around. Me, yeah. I'd put my spur in his, I'd put my spur, exactly. you know, and he, and he kick her up because all the horses were like, you know, cutting bread, raining bread. And they've all had, you know, they'd all been in the arena, you know, almost most of them had been in the arena. So yeah. pretty the majority of those horses actually rode around. I mean, rode around. And uh, so, I mean, I'd, I'd touch him and it looked completely different than the way LaMonica turned him, you know. And so I would be like, oh, crap, crap, I can't do that. I can't do that. I got to make it, I got to make it, you know, to match, to match LaMonica. So it, it was, it was a little more difficult at, like, after I kind of started realizing, hey, you can't just go in there and ride like Aura. You got to go in and no. ride like LaMonica. So. Well, I enjoyed watching it because I knew, you know, anytime there was hard riding going on in those fast paced scenes. I'm immediately watching, knowing, nope, that that's Aura. That's not yeah. Lake Monica doing that. But, yeah. but yeah, I mean, one of the cool things is is being the stunt guy. All the action, high intensity scenes, man. That's you that got to really do those th- shots yeah. and experience you know, those things. You know, and 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 yeah, for sure. And La Monica didn't have a lot of big like fight scenes or nothing in this in that, no. in this, in that season. You know, so. Uh, so I didn't get to do a lot of fight sequences or anything like that. But like, you know, LaMonica, he did a lot of his stuff. Like, okay. you know, like things like whenever they were crossing the river and, you know, he had to swim across and all that. He, he's swimming. Like, okay. you know, they asked me if I want, I was like, yeah, I'll swim it if you want me to. And he's like, oh, I got it. I was like, all right. Like, do you think, man? like I said, he's an athlete, man. He's an athlete for sure. So shoot it. I mean, it made my job easier, but at the same time, you know, you you, you kind of want to go to work. You know, you're like, right. like, dang, I want to go to work. You know, so, well, so how, uh, yeah. I mean, how do they decide what scenes that will allow him to do and what scenes they want to bring you in for? Well, because it's not the fact that the reason they don't allow a lot of actors to do their own stunts is because if they get hurt, now they're out of the show. Production, now you got to now you got to stop. Now you shut down production. Now you stop production, and that's money. You know what I'm saying? And so, even if they could do it, like, shoot, Tim, man, Tim, he loved to run his horse. Tim was, you'd see him running across the pasture full speed, hauling, you know, and it was like, and, and, and he'd pull up and we'd be like, you know, you can't do that. He's like, I know, I just had to get it out of my, you know, I had to get out my system today, you know, <laughs> like, but it was, but it was like, you know, they can do that because, you know, Tim rides horses, he knows. Yeah. But, but you also know the actual, you know, smartness involved yeah, yeah yeah you know it, you, you can't you, you just can't so but 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 like i said la monica they they i guess they kind of determine on the safety of it you know right because if he could really get hurt at doing it you know then i could take him out of production or i could take him out of the right. show or you know or whatever so um you know that's kind of i guess how they kind of decide that type of way um well uh, i'm still new know, to the game uh, so i don't know all the logistics myself yet but we we were laughing after one of the episodes, uh, the scene where where Thomas is kind of has his romantic scene with his newfound love interest, and <laughs> yeah. uh, and we, we laughed about that. I said, I wonder if uh, Aura was sitting back there off camera, going, uh, "You you need to send in the stunt double. I I can I can handle this scene." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know you're a happily married man, so I won't make you answer that. Oh, not shoot, man! I don't care, man. I'm I'm me. I am. I'm I, I am who I am. People don't like it. It is what it is. But you know, my wife knows I love her. She knows. And so, but no, you know, you sitting around everybody joking. Everybody jokes, man. It's like, you know, people walk up to me like, hey, or they're gonna have to put in the stunt double for 
you know, for that scene. And I was like, I don't know, man, but shoot, like, I, they know, call hey, my number, I'm in. Want me in. Like, <laughs> you, know, you know, you know, we'd sit and joke about it, but you know, you know, all jokes aside, Graciela, she was she was great. Like, I, me and her had a lot of conversations. That was a really, really good woman. She, um, she did a fantastic great album. Classy, classy, and smart. Like, you know, I've 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 definitely realized the more I've been in this industry the more I am surrounded by strong-minded, independent, like, confident women, you know? Yeah. I've, I've, I've found that out, you know? And I'm not saying that that where I'm from, there aren't those type of women, too, because they, they do. They, they hold their own. You know, they take care of ranches when husbands can't or when they're gone or hurt. You know, they take care of the whole outfit by themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's it. there's – women are amazing. but But I find myself – surrounded more by these women that are of different different caliber of women because it's like okay. i don't want to say caliber but different um i don't know different upbringings because i'm just so used to to rule conservative country women you know yeah very intelligent women very strong-minded very strong strong-backed women you know uh and they and and then you get over here and you find like a softer type woman, but she still has like this confidence and power to her, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and it, it, it's really cool to see. It really is. It's really cool to see, but that's well, let, let's talk, just talk about the order of, of filming and some of the stuff y'all had to film. So y'all started down in Texas. It was mm-hmm. hot as hell. Yes, uh, and then, but then y'all had to make your way up to Montana and kind of film out of order to get, yeah. Shot you needed up there before winter hit, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. We went up to Montana about uh, I think it was in September, October. I think October. I think it was in October. We went to Montana. Man, going from Texas to where it was ninety, you know, eighties, nineties to I think the lowest day there was like negative something, negative five or six or something like that. It was something crazy. And I was like, snow, wind blew every day, dude. Every day. There was not one day the wind did not blow that we were up there. And I bet it was, I bet it blew 50, 60 miles an hour. Like easy. And I'm well, like, they, they got, they got uh, Isabel May, Elsa, who plays Elsa. They got her mm-hmm. out there in just that, that Indian. Oh, I know. I, mean, I know. And so my, my homegirl, that was her double, Whitley, Whitley Burgess. Uh, this is her first stunt job. And so uh, she calf ropes, breakaway ropes, team ropes, stuff like that. She's a hand. She's hand, hand. And, uh, man, we uh, – I remember she came out She came out of her trailer that day, dude, and she had all that little bitty th- – and I was like, oh, sis, oh, sis, you're going to – It's going to be a cold day. day. <laughs> like, like <laughs> you know, I, felt, I felt bad for her and Elsa, man. Like, it was like – it was like they they went and and like instantly when the take was over they had heating jackets on them. I mean it was like yeah, I mean they were I mean, standing right next to them almost. And it, I felt bad, man, because it was cold. It was cold. Well, what really got me, you remember the scene? Because I, I don't think I was on set that day or I'd left. But they shot the scene where the where the was it the crow? Might have been the crow. Were they later in the water? After she got shot, yes, yes, dude, that, that, that was, geez. dude, that was that was it, dude, that was in Montana. 
that was yeah i mean that bad. I mean, you, like i was like no 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 like they're, yeah, no. they 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 weren't fake they weren't faking that that wasn't dude her shit i bet her shivering was real that all that i that, oh, like, I, it was cold like cold, i mean cold. Seriously, you would have had to. They had to have immediately warmed her back up. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, because I mean, they have like heating jackets, heating tents. They have spare yeah. wardrobes for you know. So instantly, she was getting out of clothes, getting dried off. She was in the heating tent. You know, she had the heating jacket on her. Uh, it was it was instantaneous. Like it was they they don't they 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 honestly don't mess around with that kind of stuff. Like they're they're serious about it. Like that that is one thing I did like about like they. They were serious about stuff like that. You know, they they took care of the folks. So, all right. And I don't know. It's a little different for me just because, like, we come from a place where we're a little more harder. You know, we're yeah. a little more, you know, like, oh, you're cold. Oh, you'd be all right. You know, you'd be all right. Blowing your hands, you know, stick them in your pocket. You know, do something. You know, we got, we got, we got miles to try. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, for us, it's different. But And so it's different going to somewhere where they – I'm not going to say baby people, but I mean, because it's, I mean, it's just common courtesy. Maybe, maybe we just don't, maybe we just don't show that much common courtesy to each other <laughs> when we're cowboy. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but it's just a, There's different, not a lot of grace given. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? So it's like, so, so maybe it's just different because it's just different people, but, it's, but, it, but I did notice that like things that people would be like, Oh my God, I can't believe that we got to do this or we got to do that. I'm like, Man, this is nice. I've never got to do this before. You know, like, like right. you know, like, like you know, you know. And every day, we're food is catered every day. You know, it's catered every day on set. And so you have a catering company and all that stuff. So you always had good food all the time. And people would be like, right. "Man, man, I don't like man. This I, I don't know why they make this. I don't even. Dude, you have a whole buffet of stuff you could have picked from. Like, why are you why are you complaining about this? Like, dude, we you're, like you're sitting you're sitting here. You're you're complaining about the stuff they're catering, y'all. Are you not paying attention to what we're filming here? These folks are eating, yeah. you know. Well, not even that. Like, I look back to like us cowboying. You know, you get yeah. a bologna sandwich and a Snickers bar, maybe if you get lunch sometimes. You know, yeah, that's sometimes you might not even get lunch. Like, like, and these dudes are like, oh, well, I didn't like how they cooked that steak, man. It was a it was a little overdone. <laughs> what? Like. Are you joking me? Like, you know, so that kind of stuff, like I had to get my mind used to because like, yeah. I'm like, dude, we used to have a, a Snickers bar and a Pepsi. Like when I used to day work for people, I used to day work for this guy way back in the day. And he used to be this old, old rancher. Snicker bar and a Dr. Pepper. That was it. <laughs> Snicker bar. That was lunch every single day, dude. Like, and you just keep working cows. And, and y'all are, y'all are mad about somebody overcooking a steak. Like, yeah. like, are you joking me? So it was, it was something that I had to get used to myself, just being, being from where I was from to coming to that kind of stuff, you know. But like, but that goes to show you how well they take care of the people, you know. So, right. Well, man, talk talk about just some of the sights and things you got to see, you know. All those, you know, being up like, especially in Montana with the mountains in the background, and being, you know, in the period clothing. I mean, you talk mm -hmm. about really stepping back into time. I mean, you got to see some things and be right there on set that that's as close to stepping back into time as you'll ever get. Oh, dude, it was, it was cool. I remember I'd be sitting there and like, especially like one of my favorite images. I remember we were in Borger, Texas and we were in Borger, Texas and we were on the four sixes, uh, a division of the four sixes up there. 
And we were going across that prairie where they did the tornado, where they had the tornado. Yeah. They had the whole wagon train lined up on this hillside, right? And the sun's like coming up like over here. The sun's coming up and the wagon train's like over here. And that grass is, I mean, that grass is probably knee high, you know, and it's all golden brown and everything. That sun's coming up, making everything golden looking. And you just see, and when they say action, you just see all these, there's like, I don't know, 20 wagons or so or something like that, or maybe 15 wagons or so come coming across this prairie. And they're just, you know, these horses and people walking beside these immigrants are walking beside the wagon and all that. And you're just watching it. And you're like, holy crap. That's what it really looked like. Like, yeah. Like, dang, that must have sucked. <laughs> like, you know, like, like, like I look but like looking at all the stuff, like actually watching the show and looking back and I was like, man, those were some hard people, man. Those were some hard people J just chasing a dream. Just chasing yeah. a dream. They weren't going to let anything stop them. They weren't going to let Taylor, anything deter them. Taylor did a great job of really showing, you know, like the immigrants. With yes, sir. A couple, of, a couple of the conversations they have, you get a real feel for why they would put themselves through that yeah. to go to a country they've never been to and then take off clear across that country to yeah. territory that really ain't settled worth a crap. And can't even and, talk to anybody. Right. Can't talk to and, nobody. Like, but, you know, lines like when he says, uh, we're not free to do anything except pay taxes. You know, they yeah. got beaten if they tried to swim or yeah. the, uh, you realize why they would risk everything to go do that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, could it, could it eventually gets to a point, man, it eventually gets to a point that you just can't do it anymore. You know, you just yeah. can't take that anymore. You know, that's, I think that's anything in life, you know, I mean, I mean like, you know, excuse me, slavery, any of that kind of stuff like that. Any, I mean, anything, even in our lives today, you know, people are like, you know, people, you know, okay, let's say like a, somebody's in a bad relationship. Right. And they're like, well, gosh, dang, man. He just, they just keep doing the same thing to you over and over and over. You just keep staying, keep staying, keep staying. Apparently you ain't learned a lesson in the chat, you know? And so until you finally get sick and tired of it and, and, and not feeling heard or wanted or free or whatever it is that you're feeling, then you're not going to make a, you're not going to make a change. You're not going to make a choice. You're not going to change something. And that was the same way those immigrants, like, you know, they finally got fed up. They just got fed up and they knew the only way they could do it was to get away. And so they had to do what they had to do, man. And, and they, and like I said, it, it, it amazes me to watch the, watch the, the determination in people, you know, it, like they went until they died, you know, like some of them died trying to find that dream. You know, yeah, and it, and just to see that shows you how much it meant to them, you know, and and I think Taylor portrayed that really, really well in the show. Well, let's let's go back to just where y'all filmed out of order and having to be up there in Montana, mm -hmm. and ultimately that being kind of the destination. Uh, I mean, y'all as a cast eventually kind of found out how it all wraps up before y'all oh, were sure. yeah. wrapped up filming. So y'all definitely had to keep things kind of tight lip for a while. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, for sure. Yeah. You can't, you know, you, you can't take, I mean, you can take pictures, but you can't post them, you know, right. You can't post them anywhere online, nothing, none of that kind of stuff, you know, I, and, uh, you know, they have people out there. That's their job. It's just to look to see if you posted anything online, yeah. you know, like, right. You know, and so, um, 
you know, and I think it takes away from it. You know, and I understand people are proud of themselves for getting to be in a movie or getting to be a part of something special, you know, but you also got to, you know, let the magic happen. You know, let, let the let magic it, happen. Let it unfold the way Yeah, let it unfold and, and let the magic happen. And then go you know? back. Like, yeah, then go back and talk about it. Like, I don't, but, you know, maybe so some people just get, you know, excited because they've never got to do anything. No, I'm not going to say not to haven't got to do anything but haven't experienced anything like that in their life before, you know, and they were excited about it. So it is what it is. But, uh, but yeah, like, yeah, they're, they're pretty adamant about it, but yeah, we did, we, you know, we all kind of figured it out, you know, and a lot of people have scripts and stuff like that. You know, we get scripts every day to kind of know what's going on that day. And you can kind of put the pieces together, you know, and you're like, Oh, yeah. okay. This is what's going okay, to happen. Here's where this yeah. is going. Mm-hmm. So yeah, y'all, y'all, went, y'all, y'all did all your stuff up in Montana. And then you went back to Texas to wrap up filming. Right? Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, back in November, we, yeah, November, I believe, we went to Border. Well, we went back to Amarillo, Border area, and um, we were on the four sixes, that division of the four sixes there, and we shot there for about two weeks, okay. I think, something like that. Week, week, maybe two weeks. And then uh, I think we went home, went home for Thanksgiving, came back. And then when we came back, we went, we stayed in Border, I think, one more week. And then we went down to Lubbock and we're down there for a while uh, at the, or down in Guthrie, actually, Guthrie, down to the headquarters of the Four Six. Didn't y'all shot some of it out at Taylor Sheridan's place uh, there outside Weatherford, didn't you? Yes, sir. That was where, that was where we first started and that's where we ended. Okay. So after we left, after we left Guthrie, we, the last two weeks or so, we went back to, what they call Silverado. Um, yeah. It's like a little ranchette area outside yeah. of Weatherford. We, we, we drove through there when we were out there in January and didn't realize yeah. that that was what, what was going on out there. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But they, because uh, that was when you and I met up at the Fort yeah, Worth Top Horse Show. That was why you were in town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because we were finishing up. Actually, I had just wrapped. I had just wrapped. They had wrapped me probably two or three days before I saw you. Like two or three yeah. days, I got wrapped. Yeah, I, I had just finished. I had just finished, and so I decided to stay down there that weekend so I could go to the horse sale. And I had a couple of buddies coming down and from Oklahoma, so we were just going to meet up down there. And then I was just going to drive yeah. back with them. So, but yeah, it was a, it was a great adventure, man. Like you said, you asked me before if it hit me how overwhelming it was. You know, even now, I don't. You know, I don't. I don't really. I don't know. I don't really still think of it like that i guess yeah because i think in my head i i saw it as something that was awesome to be a part of great and blessed to be a part of but it's like okay that's done what's the next job you know you're so focused on you're so in in this business the way the business works it's like cowboying that's why you know people always try to or how do you hey can you get me in on some stunts or can you get me in the the industry can you get me in man it, it was a flute deal that I got into it, you know, right. and it was like, it, you just don't, how the industry works is like day working. It's like, so, you know, like you've been, say you go to a place, you go day work for them for the first time, you make a hand, they call you back, you know, you get, you get the call back. Everybody wants the call back. So yep. that's exactly how it is, you know, it, and, and your buddy might've put you on it, you know, your buddy was like, Hey man, uh, man, I'm day working for this guy today. He needs an extra hand. Can you come help us? Oh yeah, I'll come help you. And then you go make a hand. And at the end of the day, he's like, Hey man, give me, give me your number and stuff. And I'll call you next time we work cows, you know, da, da, da. Movie thing is the exact same way. Like normally it's like a homie gets you in on something because there's, 
like so my buddy like the two black guys that were on um that were on 1883 the two cowboys that were in the herd yeah. so yeah. that was my buddy cam and my buddy roger fryer and uh <clears throat> and and cam mcdonald well cam's actually a ranch hand, or camp both of them they actually punch cows for a living that's what they do they, they're cow punchers and so um but the stunt coordinator was like hey man um do you have any buddies uh that could come and you know play cowboys and i was like oh yeah i got a couple of black black cow punches that would love to come do this you know and he was like yeah he was like hey call them up call them up so that's that that's why i called them you know what i'm saying and that's that's kind of like the the guy asking the day were, and then that's how yeah. that's how you get in that's how you get in like like it, it it's it's not I mean, until you get some stroke about you and you've been in the industry long enough, you know, and you you got some people know who you are and you got constant good work and kind of stuff like that. You really ain't got no pool, you know, right. it's kind of just. And, and so and so they 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 explained it to some of those old stunt guys that's been doing it 20, 30, 35, 40 years. You know, they they're the ones that told me about that. They said, man, back in the day on like you, you show up to a movie set. And there'd be all the stunt guys would show up and there'd be nothing but trucks and trailers in the parking lot with, with, with horses in it. Cause they were about to go rope after they got done on, on the <laughs> set and stuff. He said the parking lot be full of horse trailers with horses in it and stuff back in the day. You know, he said they stunt guys back in the day were just cowboys. A lot of yeah. those guys were on those Westerns. They were just cowboys cause yeah. they weren't scared to do stuff. And you know, they just did, they did it on a normal basis anyways, you know? So, so, um, so when people ask me that, you know, man, like, how did you get in it? Can you get me in it? You know, it's, it's kind of like day working, man. It's just you go make a hand. You make different friends while you're day working. Pass your number out to people and just hope somebody gives you a shout. You know, you know, they like somebody else gets on a movie and they're, they're like, hey, man, we need this tall black dude, you know, that can ride some horses. Oh, man, I know a dude. Hold on a second. Let me call or, you know, and then they'll be like, hey, yeah. are you busy? Like, man, we need like they need you for like two or three days on the show to come ride horses. And, you know, and that's and that's how it is. That's kind of just how the business goes. And then what you do is, you know, you make money on the show and then you put it away in your savings account because you never know when your next job is coming. So when you come home between shows. So when I come home between shows, I punch cows for a living. I, I go back to day work, yeah. you know, and I, so I just day work and um, and then and then I just kind of wait for the next show if I and hopefully one shows up. And that's and that's kind of what you do. You just kind of. Just kind of keep working your contacts and keep looking around for different stuff and trying to make stuff happen, you know. Uh, but the whole thing about the 1883, man, I, it, it never really felt overwhelming because it it kind of felt like it was still my job, you know. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it was exciting while you're there and you're there. And it's like a whole nother life while you're there, you know. But but in the end, when it's done, like you don't have time to really just sit and be like, man, I was on this cool cool show you know or this big show that everybody's watching you know like you don't really have time for that because you're already like shoot man like i need to make money i need to i, yeah. you know, I need another especially for guys like us like for me personally i don't know about I, I can't speak for other stunt guys but i know for me i've always had a job always like you know when you punch cows you, you always had a job either you were riding colts yeah. or you were welding or you were doing you were doing something if you weren't cowboying, you were doing something, you know, you always had a job under your belt. Well, doing this kind of stuff, even though I'm day working still, it feels like you don't know where the next job is coming from. Yeah. Because it feels like the movie, the film industry is like my job now, you know? So I'm like, man, when's my next job coming? You know? So it's like, so I feel, so I get anxious a lot of times because I'm like, 
man, like I haven't heard anything. And, and, and I've just been blessed. Luckily, you know, and everybody, a lot of these guys have told me that I've been blessed because it's like all the shows that I've done have been like five and six month shows. And that's normally not how it goes. Normally you might get a stunt job for two or three days or a week or something like that. And then you go into the next show and find another job for a week or find another job for two or three days, you know, and that's how it goes. But then you, every now and again, you get lucky and you get like a six month show where you run like a big run and make a lot of money and, you know, that kind of stuff. But uh, I just been so I'm so in my head, I'm used to always getting these six month shows, you know. And so I'm like, oh, man, like I'm now I'm now I'm trying to learn how to find little things like a daily or or a weekly, you know, because I don't know how I've never learned how to do that. Jack. So I've just always been blessed with finding big shows to put me on. and so. Um, so yeah, the magnitude of the show never really, I guess it never really hit me just because to me, it's like, all right, that was, I just got done working at that ranch. Okay. What, what's the next place I can go, go punch cows at, yeah. you know, same type deal. I'm like, all right, I'm done with that, that place. Where's the next place I can go and go do stunts at, you know? So it's never, it's always looking for the next job for me. Talk, talk about, you know, <clears throat> meeting those connections and, and stuff what what was it like you know getting to meet tim and faith and work alongside them and sam elliott and oh you, you talked about how great Lamonica was what what were tim and faith like working alongside ben, tim and faith were they were they, they were great tim me and tim had a lot of good a lot a lot of good conversations i didn't talk much to faith like we, we had a few interactions here and there um <clears throat> but i was just i mean we you know we were just always real just cordial and polite she was always Nice, classy, always classy, dude. She was always classy. And then um, Tim, man, Tim was Tim was kind of like us, man. Just all American boy, dude. Like loves sports, loves football, loves baseball. I mean, you know, like he just just a just a guy's guy, man. Just dude to come kick it with you, drink beer. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. just like that, that's how he was. He, and you know, he every morning we'd see each other in a makeup trailer, you know, while he was getting his makeup and I was getting my beard put on and stuff. Cause I don't grow any facial hair actually. So people are like, Oh man, how'd you grow that beard? I don't grow a beard. That was, it was put on. <laughs> so, um, but I'd be sitting there talking to Tim and you know, I mean, man, we just sit and hang out and chat. And it was, it was like, you were just talking to one of your buddies. There was no, Oh, I'm Tim McGraw type thing. You know what? Nah, it's yeah. nothing. Like Tim's just Tim dude. He just hangs out. He hangs out. He really does. He just hangs out. Like, good well, you, dude. You, you talked. You talked about him just kind of riding wide open every now and then, just mm -hmm. needing to open up a horse. And yeah, uh, I you post you posted one video here pretty recently on Instagram of him riding up roping that dummy. I mean, he swung a pretty good loop, dude. Man, I was. I'm not gonna lie. I was impressed. Not gonna lie. Not gonna <laughs> lie. Because I was like, I was like, I was like, he picked up that rope, and, and you know, he kind of messed around with. Like, we'd rope the dummy pretty much every day if we were just sitting on okay. set, just waiting to do stunts or doing something. Somebody would bring a dummy and we'd have a dummy sit back and we'd all be just back there roping, you know? Yeah. And so Tim would come over there occasionally and he'd, he'd fiddle around with it, you know? You could tell he knew how to, like, build a loop and kind of stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, he's not horrible. But, he, you know, he yeah. wasn't like, no, like he'd live with a rope in his hand either. But, yeah. but like, so he got on that, he rode up on that horse that day and then we were, me and a buddy of mine were roping the dummy. We just roped the dummy. And he was like, he's like, or, he's like, no, he called me Stretch. He's like, stretch. He's like, he's like, man, he said, let me see that rope. I was like, all right. I threw it up to him. He builds a loop. I was like, you really going to rope it? He's like, yeah. And I was like, all right, dude. Like, hold on a second. Let me pull up my phone. I want to get this. And so, and so he waited for me. And he was like, 
Wow, played it down there. And I was like, I mean, pulled slack and everything. Yeah, he looked good. Like, he looked good. I was impressed. Wait a minute. Who are you, dude? Like, like <laughs> who are you? I was not, I was not expecting that to go the way it did, you know. Because I didn't think I'd even be able to post it, you know, because I was like, yeah. I mean, because I didn't know to catch you don't want to you, know? you don't want him to throw a crappy shot and then embarrass him and yeah, and then embarrass him. Yeah, that's rude, man. You don't do that to people. That's just rude. And but man, right. he went through a pretty loop, pulled his slack and everything. I was like. Holy crap, dude. Like, and he was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, all right, you got me, you got me. So, like, so I asked him, I was like, hey, can I post that? He's like, yeah, just post it, throw it out there. He's like, I don't care. All right. And so, awesome. but it, but it was, it was, uh, it was, it was eye opening for me. I ain't gonna lie. Like, I was, I was pretty impressed. And that, and that gave me another, uh, another level of respect for him, too. You know, like, yeah, you know, out, out shooting the show, doing this stuff. But then, you know, you can also kind of hold your own while you're doing it, too, you know? Like, I, well, I dig it. Like, I was like, we, I we, we were, I was talking with some folks just saying, you know, as he kind of assumed this this role of the, the you know, Dutton patriarch founder mm-hmm. and, you know, what Yellowstone and 1883 have come to represent within, you know, our community and, and culture and saying like, all right, if he's going to, you know, go out back out as Tim McGraw and continue to, you know, represent us, like we said, he's got to lose the black straw hat. Uh, hey, did you see at, did you see at Houston? At Houston Rodeo. You see he's at got Houston, the black he had a felt? When, yeah. when, you know, when, when Tim first hit the scene, that old black felt he wore, he looked good, but then he went to uh-huh. that black straw. But I was so happy to see him with that black felt back on. Me too, dude. I was. I told him he needed a felt. I told him. Yeah. 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 When we were there on this, I was like, Tim, you need a felt. Because <laughs> we were talking about hats, because because there would yeah. be days I didn't have to work, but I'd still come to set just to hang out or yeah. something, you know. And so I'd wear this hat or whatever. Oh, that's another thing. Greatest compliment ever in my life is most people know about me. I'm big about my hats. I love hats. I love my style, the way I wear my hats or whatever. Sam Elliott walks up to me one day and he's like, "Aura, I tell you," he said, "You have the greatest hats I've ever seen," and I was like, that's "Awesome." Lost my mind. I called my wife. Like, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Sam Elliott said I have the greatest hats ever. And she was like, uh, he's like, I'm going to have to get me one shape like that. And I was like, yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> I'll <laughs> like, hook you up. <laughs> but so, like, so, so I, would, I would tell Tim all the time. I was like, hey, man, Sam told me I had a gray hat. I was like, Tim, you need to go get your felt. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> well, well, he did. He, I mean, at Houston Rodeo, he definitely had good the in it too, dude. He looked good in it. And did you – did you see how he uh how he ended up wrapping up that concert where he rode uh-uh. back, he left the he left the stage horseback he uh no joke he climbed on he climbed on a horse and loped out through the arena kind of waving to everybody really so I, I I was I was very happy to see that you know that made that's a lot of cool pretty dude happy. that's cool I'm happy he did that I am glad he did that that's cool that's cool like I said it gave it gave me a newfound respect for Jim just just meeting him on the show you know yeah. I mean because you know I mean let's be real. Before I knew Tim, everybody just knows Tim McGraw as Tim McGraw. You know, he sung yeah. his songs, you know, it, it, all that, you know, him and Faith, everything he saw on the medium, you know, whatever. You know, and he did a couple of movies and stuff, but he was just, he was acting still. But when yeah. I actually got to meet him and Faith, like, personally, like, dude, just, like, good people, man. Like, just good down to earth. Like, me and Tim had a lot of good because I asked him a lot. You know, I told you I talked to Trace about life and like yeah. being an actor and 
all that kind of like I really picked Tim, Tim and Sam's brain. I picked and, right. and LaMonica. I picked all their brains like crazy, man. Like, especially like, you know, Tim, like I know him and Sam and those dudes, like, you can't walk out the house without people like crawling all over you trying to get an autograph. And I was like, I was like, how do you do it? You know, how how do you do that? Like, how do you go through life? Or, you know, how do you how do you be a father and still be an be a be an icon? that you are the icon yeah. that you are. How do you still remain a father? You know, and I mean, Tim had a lot of good conversations, man, like good deep stuff. Like the, good the, stuff. the Tim, he's, he's, a, he's a good dude, man. He, he really is. One of the Tim McGraw kind of connections to this area is, did you ever see the movie, the blind side? Yes, sir. That, oh, yeah. Tim did. Uh, oh, yeah. So, so, yeah, that's uh, based in the Memphis area. So Michael Orr, who uh-huh. the, the movie's about. So that, that, that I went to high school with Mike. Oh, uh, really? Yes, yeah, so that's where I went to school. So Sean Tui, who Tim Regal plays, is uh-huh. a you know right here from the Memphis area. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so Tim spent a lot of time in this area when he was he was filming. That's awesome. That spending time with the family, and he yeah. said he had a house in Tennessee, I think, somewhere. I don't know where. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's I think he's right outside Nashville. Oh, uh, yeah. I think he said he had a house in Tennessee and one in, and one in Texas. So yeah. All right. Like, I was like, man, that's awesome, dude. But I, but I did. But like, like I said, we had a lot of great conversations. Faith was always nice. You know, I've I, I seen her at dinner a couple of times, had dinner, sat down with them. And she was just a really just, man, we'd go out and like she could, she'd throw her hair up like in a top knot, throw on like a hoodie. And we could sit there and we could sit there and eat dinner and nobody would even know who she was. Nobody had a clue. Yeah. She'd sit kind of sit back in the corner a little bit, like in the, like in the, yeah. the shaded area. And we'd sit there all night and just kind of hang out and conversate and eat and talk. And, we get up and leave, like, and I don't even think anybody would ever even pay attention, you know. Just gotta. And I think I think there was a few times she did go out that people noticed who she was, but any time that I, I think I only went out with her, and not really went out. I met up and she was there, you know. And so we all just sat at the table together and ate and talked. Yeah. And like that. I think I only did that like twice, so. But each time that I went with her, nobody ever even noticed her, so. It was uh it was good times. What about, we had, we had really what about time. Sam Elliott? What was what was he like? Sam, right? dude, Sam is Sam's my man. Like that's like I like I said that that's been my idol as long as I can remember. You know, I I I, I bet it's a lot of Cowboys' idol when they were little. You know, like you know, I asked Sam everything I could ask that man. Like I mean, like if it like I was there was no shyness about me. Nothing. I mean, because Sam Sam's like your grandfather, man. Like yeah. Like he's 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 very California, like very like you know when I first met him, he had on a pair of Levi's jeans and a black a black t shirt and some hemp sandals, man. Like he was just hanging out, dude, like chilling. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so I walked up to him, and <laughs> so when I walked up to him, we were at I don't know if, when you went to Silverado if you saw like Nikki's bar that was there. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I know where you're talking. Yeah, so he, it, it was about. there yeah. after we after we get done for the day, they'd open up the bar. Okay. I could go up there and kind of hang out and you know unwind for the day. And um, I went in there one evening, and Sam was just kind of sitting in there, just, just hanging out. And he was by himself, and I was like, "Oh crap!" Like you know, I, nobody was flocking him and talking to him, you know, because because a lot of the cat the crew could go in there too after we got off work and go hang out and yeah. stuff, you know. And so, like, man, they'd have karaoke and all kinds of stuff. It was just good times. But we'd go in, and um, I, so I went in, and Sam was leaning up against the bar, just hanging out. And I walked up to him, and I introduced myself to him. I, said, I remember I walked in. I was like, don't say nothing stupid. 
don't say nothing stupid. <laughs> don't say that. And I, you know, and I, like I ne- like I'm never starstruck. I'm never I, like I never have been really because I always dreamed of doing stuff like that. So people, when I meet those type at the, of people, at the end of the day, they're just people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But but the way I look at them, I always look at them as like, man, they've achieved what I'm trying to achieve. So yeah. what can I ask them to pick their brain to become that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I never really looked at them as like stars or, you know, like whatever, you know. And so, but Sam, for some reason, I was just like, don't say anything stupid, dude. Like, oh my gosh, don't ruin this, you know. And so I walked in and I was like, hey, how you doing, sir? Or Brown, nice to meet you, you know. And he was like, ah, Sam Elliott, nice to meet you. He's like, he's like, where are you from, Aura? And I said, oh, I'm from, uh, I'm from Pahusco, Oklahoma. He's like, ah, that's Ben Johnson country. I said, yes, sir, it is. <laughs> that it is. And uh, he, said, he said, that's cowboy country up there. I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. We punch cows up there. He said, he said, yeah, you look like it. And I was like, man, my head was like, oh, like, oh, even Sam Elliott thinks I'm a puncher. You know, <laughs> I was sitting there like, and so I was like, had this straight kid moment, you know. And so uh, I told him, I said, man, I was like, I don't really want, I don't want to too much with you, you know, I don't want to take up too much of your time. It's like, no, man, you're fine. He's like, hang out. Ain't nobody else hanging out. Either. So I sit there and uh, we talked about it. I told him that my dad used to know Ben and because my dad, like I said, my dad was an old cowboy. So yeah. him and Ben, yeah. they used to go to the same ropings together and they tripped steers and all that kind of stuff. And um, I don't know if they ever day worked together. I never talked to anybody if they day because his, because Ben's dad used to be the ranch manager for Chapman Barnard which was like a okay. big, huge ranch up here in Oklahoma. Drummond owns part of it now. Um, Bass Brothers own part of it now. There's a bunch of – it got broken up. A bunch of ranches own, own pieces of it now. But it used to be one big, huge ranch called Chapman Barner. And uh, I think they said they had over 50-something cowboys, 60-something, 50-something cowboys maybe. It was, it was huge. But uh, well, Ben's dad was the ranch manager there. And so uh, that Ben grew up out in Osage County punching cows there. So he said – he knew Ben and we talked and talked. I told him my name, my son, Conniger, after after the move. My my, my youngest boy, he's, he's three. Uh, I named him Conniger. And he was like, man, or he's like, that's probably my favorite movie I ever did. He was like, he's like, that was the most cowboyinest thing I'd ever done. I mean, like move type movie. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like, well, you sold it because you're the one that made me start wearing suit jackets, punching cows and wearing big bat wing leggings and wearing tall crown hats and all that kind of stuff. It was just, it was, yeah. I, after I saw Conniger, man, it was just like, I want to be that dude, man. Like, I want to be that cow puncher, that dude. So that's kind of why my style kind of changed. And then I just kind of turned it into going from that to just being kind of mixing it with my mom's stuff, being classy. And so yeah. I just added a tie in with it. I, I just started wearing a suit. I just started wearing a suit to go punch cows in. And I was like, man, I'm just going to start wearing <laughs> suits to go punch cows in. Screw it. So that's what I started doing. And I, I don't know. I've been doing it for about, uh, 10 years or so 10 or 12 years like like most people see me they're like where's your tie like, <laughs> like uh, i was like oh yeah. hell i didn't want to put it on today you know whatever whatever you always have a tie on you're always wearing a suit <laughs> like, like, but sam was like uh we had so many deep conversations man deep conversations well, yeah. I was listening to a, a podcast he did with Jefferson White who plays Jimmy on Yellowstone mm-hmm. where he's got that official Yellowstone podcast and yeah, sir. And, and Jefferson made a great comparison that, you know, Sam Elliott, his role in real life on set with y'all and his character's role on the show very closely mirrored each other in that he's this veteran 
who's been down the, you know, Sam Elliott, this veteran who's been down the movie trail and done it uh-huh. all that the rest of you guys are kind of looking to for, yeah. Hey man, we need some guidance here. And mm-hmm. then his character on the show, everybody this, else is kind of doing the same thing. He's been down following, the trail. This, Y'all are all looking to him of yeah. how are we going to get there? Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. I'm, man, after watching the show, cause I just, honestly, I just finished it probably last week. I think like, me and my wife, we, we 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 didn't watch any of it the whole time because we were kind of like binge watchers. So we just, yeah. we're like, we're just going to wait for the whole thing so we can just binge watch all of it, you know. Yeah. And so we just wound up binge watching all of it. But us, we were sitting there watching and I was like, Sam did a really, really good. He did. he did really good in that. All of them did. All of them. Like, all of them. They, like, even, even for LaMonica never – this was, I think, I think he told me this was like his first Western. He'd always wanted to do a Western. He'd never done a Western before, but he always wanted to do a Western. He did fantastic with he it. He killed it, man. Tim, Faye, like all, I was just like, you know who surprised me the most out of all of them? This is no joke. Like it wasn't even Sam or none of them. It was James. James, okay. the, ones that, the, one, the one that played Wade. Yeah. He played the most cow punching his cow puncher ever, yeah, dude. Like he did good. He didn't care. It was all about punching cows, dude. He didn't care about nothing else. It was he was just like, <laughs> well, you know, why are you? I mean, and I'm just straight cow puncher, dude. And I was like, I remember watching that. He was probably my favorite character on the whole show. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Not gonna lie. I was, did, I was talking did, to my wife did. about it. I was talking he to my wife it. about it. I was he like, did. man, James killed it. Like. He 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 really did. He he played the best cowboy I've ever I've, I've seen. Like actually p- portraying like an actual cowboy cowboy. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was like, man, he was kind of ha- kind of the leader of the cowboys, but at the same time, he was still kind of his own independent dude. You know, everybody, all the other cowboys kind of looked up to him, like he was like seasoned dude. You know, but like he'd been down a lot of trails. You know, like he he like he punched a lot of cows and been him down a lot of trails. You know, it's like to me, to me, he. The way, even the way he acted, the way he he his facial expressions, his his body, everything, it was spot on, dude. It was spot. He he did really good. I was I was, I was really impressed with James so much. Well, what what do, what do you know about uh, about what's next? Because when you and I kind of last talked when we were in Texas, you know, you kind of said that the next chapter of the journey is the next generation. And that's kind of what they've put out there as this 1932. But now they've also said there's going to be additional episodes about 1883. I mean, obviously uh, if you do know something, you got to be careful in what you say, but do you you know much on it or what what can you tell us? For the, for all that I know, I don't know if there's going to be anything else of 1883. I think that's, I think that was an open and shut type deal. I think what they're, I think it's to me, this is my opinion. I don't know because, and this is really me not knowing because I'm not that high up on the food chain. You know what I'm saying? They'll call you if they need you. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm still way down here at the bottom. They tell me when to fall off a horse or to run across a pasture, and that's what I do. You know, so I I don't know any of the the big stuff. But the way I would think of it, I would think they would be trying to tie it into Yellowstone. So, oh, yeah. so I would think they would have 1883 and then they, they cut that out. This is done. And then, like they said, they're bringing up 1932 and that's going to be, you know, great depression, all that kind of stuff era. I think, that, I think there's stuff. a lot they can do with that. And I, I'm curious. Yeah, for sure. to see where, you know, and, I'm curious and, to and see where Taylor's mind like, goes. 
Well, yeah, well, there's not going to be as many horses in it either because there'll be a lot more cars because it's 1932, yeah, okay. you know? So you're going to have more of those Model T Ford pickups and stuff like that, uh, you know? I'm, I'm going to love so, seeing that. Dude, I'm a, see, so so my, my whole style is, you know, like I said, that whole Conniger suit thing, but yeah. I'm a big Tom Mix, okay. like Will James. Will Man, James, I, like, I'm a huge Will James fan. That, me too, dude. Like, that, me, dude. That, like, that's the reason I made big old huge bat wing. I kind of well, that, that's, that, that's what when I've, when I've seen James. your bat wings, that's a, exactly what I think like, of. So, so my buddy used to call me. So my buddy, my buddy used to call me back in the day when I was still, you know, single and running around. You know, you know, you know, you had your you had your aliases. You know, like yeah. And so my yeah. buddy he used to call me the Black Will James. And he was like, he's like, he's like, dude, he's like, dude, we're going to call you Willis Jameson. And so I use, I use that name for every dude, Willis Jameson. Everybody Willis like, Jameson. What's your name? Oh, my name's Willis Jameson. And so like, and it, it was That's like, it's Black Will James, man. And I like, I was, I'm a big, but it's a whole twenties, twenties, thirty style Gatsby, you know, big, like big band era, you know, Sinatra. All that kind of stuff. Well, I, that, I love that is the, my uh, stuff to a T, man. That's me I to a T. I love the, the 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 artwork somebody did of you recently that you just posted on on your Instagram. Where oh, Cody you, with them, yeah. That I mean that that had a little Will James look to it. You know, you've got your uh, you've got your tie kind of flowing in the wind. Yeah, that, that, that was a, that was a cool. He did a great was, job, dude. With it that. was so because I've, I've been watching because I started following Cody probably about a, maybe about a year ago. I started following him on Instagram. Cause I'm, I'm I'm a big like Till Blake guy. I love Till Blake stuff. Yeah, oh, I love uh, Till stuff. Like big tall crown hats, you know the big yeah. bell leggings. Like he always draws these cow puncher looking dudes, you know. And so yeah. I'm a big uh, big Till Blake fan. And so um, I was sitting there and I saw Cody with him stuff, and I was like, man, I was like, it's different than Till's, but he still gives you that cow puncher look. Like a lot of his drawings are a yeah. lot of. About cow punchers, you know, you know, big taco hats, you know, taco hats, big puncher crease lids and all that. And I was like, I, I messaged him and I was like, man, I love your work. I was like, your work is awesome. I said, I was like, man, I, I have been praying that somebody online somewhere would do a portrait of like a black dude punching cows. Like in that same cow puncher look, that same cow Will James style cow puncher look, you know, and uh, he was like, Huh. He's like, All I got right. you. I got you. And about two or three days later, he he DM me and he DM me the, the the actual picture. And he's like, he's like, what do you think? And I told him, I was like, dude, I'd love to have one of me like with my tie flapping or something, you know, so you can actually see he's wearing a tie, you yeah. know, yeah. type deal. Man, he sent that and I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, dude, that is perfect. Epic, dude. Epic. <laughs> You, he, he, he killed it. He killed it. Yeah. So I'm awesome. buying it. I just got it. I got it yesterday in the mail. So uh, I was like, I was like, I was like, I want it. I was like, that's the only one you made. He's like, yeah, that's it. I was like, I want it. I was like, send it to me. So, so he sent it to me. So I just well, man, got it yesterday a, in the mail, but that, I haven't posted a, it online. Yeah, I was going to post it online. You know, you always see people like oh, oh, yeah. opening it, yeah. opening it up the picture and doing all their stuff online and all that stuff. I thought about maybe doing one of those, but I'm not really that much into social media yet, so I don't know. Well, man, that's a that's a great segue into you, you talking about uh, you know, wanting to to have the artwork of a, of a black cow puncher. That's a great segue into you, this most recent project you've been a part of, which was Freedom on the Range. What can you tell yes. us about that? 
Man, freedom on the range. Uh, I got a call. A while. This was like a while back. This was even. This was probably about almost the, like during almost the Cowboy Show, Ultimate Cowboy okay. Showdown. And they called me and they were like, "Hey, it was right after I did that because they were no, take that back. It, I, I was on a show, but I can't remember which show it was. Anyways, they were like, "Hey, we saw that you'd been on the Cowboy Show, and we were wanting to know if you want to do something for like." black cowboy stuff you know and i was like oh yeah dude for sure you know i'm all about you know promoting it and you know putting it out there and yeah. uh and they were like okay sure so they came and did an interview with me and all that kind of stuff and then all of a sudden it was like it's been a long time we didn't even know if it was ever going to air or what well then they hit us up a couple of weeks ago or a month ago or so and they were like hey so we're going to do that freedom on the range and i'm like oh Oh, so we are going to do that. So it was, like, it was almost like a year that we've done that interview still. I'm not in a year, maybe six, eight months, but it was a while, you know. Yeah. And so uh, we were sitting there, and, and uh, I'd got my buddy Ryan Lindsay in on it. You saw him on there, the guy with the handlebar yeah. mustache, you know. Uh, he's another guy who looks like he's got some style, too. Right? Hey, that's my boy. Like, we go out, we're suit and tie, and both of us, he, he dresses the same way I do. We, we go out suit and tie. He always looks a little cooler because he got that cool handlebar mustache. He's you know, got but, that mustache, right, dude. He's clean, man. He's he's always clean, dude. Always, but uh, good dude, man. He's he pretty much my brother. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. I, hell, we talk every single day. Like every single day, we talk. So, but uh, good dude. But uh, they got me on that. Me and him and uh, another kid up here from Kansas. Um, they got us all on there. And Cam was on there. The guy that worked with me on 1883, he was on there too. And uh, it was just a good documentary on 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 the history of, you know, these 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 legends that were back in the day, you know, these old cow hands, uh, <laughs> black, black historical folks that I mean, I mean, that you just don't really get get a lot of don't really get in the, the spotlight a lot. You know, you, you know, people heard of them. Some people have some people have never had, you know, heck, I didn't even know they were really black cowboys. till I was probably 20 something. 20 right probably i mean besides my dad's side of the family you know they like i said they all passed on before i was 10 so i always grew up with white cowboys i never grew up with black guys so no i didn't know until i got in the army and i met this guy i used to chew levi garrett back in the day and we me and this kid we were on <laughs> cq we were on which is charge of quarters you know you watch after the barracks and stuff it's a 24-hour security watch is what it is so okay. me and him were on cq one night and he pulled out a can of Copenhagen snuff and he was like, man, let me get some of that big spit that you chew on all the time. And I was like, he's like, I'll give you a pinch of Copenhagen snuff. And I was like, all right, dude. So then we switched off and we were sitting there just jacking our jaws. And he was telling me about uh, his life growing up and stuff like that. And he was country as crap, dude. And I was like riding, riding horses and this and that. And I'm like, what? I was like, I thought I was the only one that did that. stuff, You know, and that was like the first time I ever met another black guy that, yeah, I did that kind of stuff, you know. So, um, but yeah, it was uh, getting to see that be promoted like that is 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 awesome, man. It's awesome. I, mean, I, I, it's, I think it's good for everybody. It's it's so important. Some of what you're doing, to, you know, just like you say, to be able to promote and show young black guys that there are black cowboys out there that that you know this ain't just a bunch of white guys. You can yeah. you want to do this? You can pursue it. You know, and you, you're kind of you're helping pave that way and show yes, show others that man, you can do anything you want, do anything you want to do anything. I mean, uh, so, I mean, I think it's fantastic. And, you know, I think in society, 
you know, we're all, we're always looking to be around people that are, that are like us, that mm-hmm. understand us, that we can relate to. Mm-hmm. But one of the great things about our cowboy culture is you're not really, you know, you're not really paying attention to race. You're yeah. it's, can you, it's, can you do the job? And man, I, you know, the, and like I wanted to put out the other day, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good. Go ahead. It, it was just on my mind. My buddy, my buddy the other day, we, had, we, had, we went and sorted some pears and pulled bulls off some stuff the other day. And we were sitting around just drinking some beers, just talking. And this dude, my buddy of mine, David, he was like, man, so if you ever get to go on another show or podcast, he's like, just tell people that cowboys aren't racist. <laughs> and I started laughing. <laughs> and I started laughing and I was like, dude, I was like, I said, racism is ignorance. It's ignorance. That's all it is. For it sure. doesn't matter what yeah, color sure. you are. It doesn't matter what ethnicity, gender, whatever. It doesn't matter. Racist is just ignorance. It's people standing inside their box and not, not wanting to have the compassion or the want to to learn about anybody else or any other culture or any other, you want to stay in your little bitty box where you're safe and comfortable and you know what everything is, you know what I'm saying? And so to me, you know, growing up with number white cowboys. Yeah. They get, you know, we've all had our share of jokes. They cracked black jokes. I cracked white jokes. I, we cracked all kinds of jokes on each other. Like, Ah, uh, you know, handing some buck. Oh, you're about to know handing some buck. You know, you know, just you know how cowboys yeah. rip each other. We just right. rip each other. And if we don't rip each other, we probably don't like you. Like, I That's mean, it. honestly, yeah, like, it, like, it, like, yeah. like if we're not ribbing on you or joking with you or something, we probably don't like you uh, or care for, to be around you, you know. So, right. you know, so for me, I never I never took it like that because my mom never raised me to be look for racism. She never raised me like that. You know, like, hell, my wife is white. Everybody in my family is married to white people. Everybody is. Every, all my brothers and sisters are all married to white people. Everybody is. And so, like, for me, it, like, I, I know racism exists, and I know it's around. I've experienced a little bit of it here and there. But never never just cowboy, never blatantly cowboy. You know, because everybody, I've always given people respect, and they've always given me respect. You know, and, it should, and, and it that's the way it goes in the cowboy culture. We we base our stuff off respect for each other. You know, well, if you and I, you know, if you and I say we're met up on the streets of New York or at some party somewhere where we were totally out of our element, mm-hmm. you know, we're and we didn't know each other, we mm-hmm. look up and go, "Hey, man, there's another cowboy. I'm gonna go talk to that. Guy. I'm gonna go talk to him." Yeah. Because it didn't, you know, didn't you matter I, that I'm I was not, black. Not, it didn't not, matter that you were white. Right. It didn't matter that what our ethnicity was. No. Our, our our core thing that we would that would unite us is our interest in horses, cattle. Those are the things we're going to talk about. Yeah. And you know that's what yeah that's what's going to unite us and draw yeah. us together. We're not looking. I'm not looking to be around be around another white guy. You're not looking to be around another black guy. I'm looking. Where's Where's a cowboy? Where's somebody I can yeah, really relate? Exactly. To? Somebody that I can relate to. Somebody that I can, you know, so, somebody that you know that 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 I. You kind of feel safe, I guess. You feel safe, Grant. Exactly. You know. Exactly. You know, and and so for me, it's like I, I I never looked at color. I never never I never looked at gender. I mean, I've got so many. There's so many girls that are hands that yeah, no, I've hired to come day work for me. You know, when I was running that outfit, you know, I'd hire women to come day work. Hands, dude. Hands, what, hands. What's what's and that like, song Garth, Garth Brooks put out? Sometimes the best cowboys ain't cowboys at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I'm telling and, you, I'm telling you, dude, it, it's like it, 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 it doesn't matter about gender or race or any of that kind of crap, man. And I think, if you know, you take that into life itself. I, 
I think that's it just makes you a better person, man. When you when you stop when you start looking outside your box, man, like so so uh with that, man, you know, it's just I think I think if everybody just showed more love to be to each other, man, we'd be more open minded and more accepting and I think life would be a lot a lot better for a lot of people. Like yep. I, I like I I I really do, honestly. But so well, man, what we, we you kind of touched on it. You're kind of you know waiting to see what the what the next chapter is for Ori. You're cowboying a lot still. Just waiting for the next job, man. Waiting for the next job. Punching cows. That's it. Waiting for the next job. Well, man, uh, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed our time, and I, I appreciate you really coming on here and and chatting. Uh, and as I said, we could talk for hours. Oh yeah, 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 dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife is gonna she's gonna be coming in here in a minute, like telling me to. Come on, because we got well, man, she, she has stuff to do. So it is what it is. We're gonna have to get we'll have to get together at some point soon and do some cowboying together. Oh, for sure. Hey, you already know I'm all about that. Like anytime, anytime. You let me know. We'll we'll do it. Man, what uh you know, what's the best way to, for people to keep up with what you got going on? Just your Instagram? Man, yeah, you can hit me up on Facebook. Just look me up or Brown on Facebook, or you can uh, hit me up on Instagram at or Brown or at um, the classy hippie cow puncher. Um, you can just type, it'd probably be easier to find or Brown because there's a lot of underscores <laughs> between the classy hippie right. cow puncher. But, uh, but yeah, just check me out on Instagram, man. Like, and I don't post every single day, but you know, I might go on a streak where I post two or three days in a row and I might go a week or so yeah. without posting anything. I just, I just kind of, if I feel like I need to put something out there and maybe I'm feeling something within me or something to put out there, I, I just kind of put, yeah. put it out there as I feel it. So, well, man, and it, it's like I said at the beginning of this, you know, we may get frustrated with social media at times, but you never know what connections you'll make. Oh man. I, I'm telling you, dude, uh, social media changed my whole entire life. It did change my whole entire life. Like I, uh, I went, I went from punching cows to doing what I do, punching cows and doing what I love to do now too. You know, and still get to punch cows doing it, you know, so it's living the dream, dude. It's living the dream. Well, man, I, I appreciate it, and I look forward to what's next. Stay blessed, man.